Welcome to the second season of A New Voice of Freedom, the podcast taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer, are now broadcast on weekdays. Podcast 11 of Season 2 is entitled Complacency and Conspiracy. Ron, I have a question to ask. Are you a conspiracy theorist? Well, conspiracies exist, of course, a fact that is dangerous to deny. But in the broad sense of the term, I am not a conspiracy theorist because I don't see conspiracies everywhere. Besides, I am not sure people are that organized. They seem to fly to this cause or that, driven by zeal without knowledge. But that makes them easier targets for those who are organized. Those driven by passion rather than logic are easier to lead. Self-denial is the hallmark of moral improvement, and most see themselves as moral. Therefore, it is unlikely that political correctness, for example, is a conspiracy of man. After all, when one runs towards sin, he blocks out the consequences and fills his idle mind with noble thoughts to remove the impediment of an unsure conscience. Meanwhile, we forget that Satan is lurking in the background. He is a conspirator. He is the force behind all evil. He does have a plan, buttressed by thousands of years of experience. Satan and his armies are organized to destroy virtue and create destruction. We may be fragmented in our behavior, but when we relinquish our will to carnal desires, then Satan can work us like puppets. What emerges as an apparent conspiracy is merely mob rule governed by the invisible forces of Satan and his angels. Satan wants us to follow the natural man, for the natural man is driven by passion and not by plot. Chaos creates more chaos, and therefore a pattern emerges which appears to be governed by man, but is entirely ruled by Satan. In your book, you say that we cannot have freedom unless we desire freedom. You said, we have luxuriated in the soft, sensuous bed of complacency so long that we have forgotten how hard freedom is to win. Some years ago, on the Harvard campus, one of the oldest educational institutions in America, originally founded to promote Christian principles, a student ignorant of history and bereft of gratitude stood on the soil enriched by the blood of those who sacrificed everything for our freedom. He lamented that the university should get rid of the statue honoring the Minutemen because, said he, it doesn't fit our multicultural community. I have been an educator my entire career. Having a bachelor's, master's, and Ph.D. degrees, I have observed that those Ivy League institutions that once advanced freedom, promoted critical thinking, and produced patriots now are the leaders in oppressing freedom, mocking liberty, and degrading our valiant soldiers. And that which could not be taken by force, freedom of the press and freedom of speech, is now given away freely as street flyers that promote this cause or that cause. Today the universities, which once were stalwarts of freedom of thought and of the press, which once were the bulwarks of freedom of speech, have become propaganda machines. Conscience does not dictate what is right and what is wrong. That is a misconception. Conscience acts upon our perceptions of what is good and what is evil. In that way, agency is preserved. If society wishes to redirect our conscience, they must change our perceptions of good and evil. 
And that is what the left is trying to do in America today with political correctness. They want to become our conscience. That gives them a great victory over free will. You can't measure a thing by its promoted value. You measure the worth of a thing by its consequences. For example, political correctness increases the power of the left. Removing voter ID increases the power of the left. Tearing down our borders increases the power of the left. Entitlements increase the power of the left. The list goes on. Where the common thing is power, one must assume that power is the primary goal. Perpetual power, a guaranteed 51% of the vote. If you ask why the extreme left wants to destroy religion, diminish churches, remove God from government, destroy statues, defund the police, and change morality in America, it is simply because patriotism, Christianity, tradition, rule of law, and absolute moral values stand in the way of a new world order. They want to tear down our democratic republic and replace it with socialism. You cannot put new wine into old bottles. The prophet Isaiah saw our day when he said, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. The New World Order must expand rights while destroying agency. To do that, they must change perceptions of what is right and what is wrong. Old traditions die hard. Notice that the emphasis today is on rights. Every taboo of the old Judeo-Christian value system has now become a right. Uninhibited sexual relations, unrestricted abortion, uncensored language, uncensored movies, music, magazines, literature, public nudity, etc., the liberal left, though obviously not the cause of the decline of moral values, have learned how to exploit it. Strict adherence to absolute values is the only way a democratic republic can survive. To install a new world order, you must destroy the values of the old world order. Therefore, God, Christianity, and the Holy Bible stand in the way. There is an effort to remove them from our society. Do not underestimate the cleverness of the liberal left. They know the road to absolute power is the destruction of one moral absolute at a time. Hollywood led the way by breaking all former taboos. It has become a trend in Hollywood to award the Oscars to those who defy old Christian values. We are on a slippery slope. How quickly abortion, which first presented itself as a right, moved from first term to second term to third term. Now it has moved even into the day of birth euphemistically called partial birth abortion. The government-funded program Planned Parenthood promotes abortion as a business. Euthanasia is growing in popularity and will likely become a right with government-funded organizations rising to meet the need, using the same arguments as pro-abortionists use. The right to die fits the jargon. Given today's moral climate, it is not far-fetched to predict that when abortion as envisioned by the left becomes universal law, then the selling of fetus tissue will become a logical market. It will probably become a large black market first, winked at by government. But if the trend follows, it will find its way into mainstream America, just as easily as marijuana did. The term right to life will be borrowed from the anti-abortionists and given to those who need transplants to stay alive. 
When you remove the walls of absolute law, then many doors are opened into what was once universally considered a dark and loathsome chamber. Christianity has already fallen under condemnation by the move toward a godless society. God and the liberal movement are incompatible. A leader of the Liberal Party has already said that the New World Order must force people by law to change their Christian codes, beliefs, and biases. That is a first in the 200-year history of American politics. You are referring to a statement by the former First Lady and presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. She said, All the laws we've passed don't count for much if they're not enforced. Rights have to exist in practice, not just on paper. Laws have to be backed up with resources and political will. And deep-seated cultural codes, religious beliefs, and structural biases have to be changed. The fact that such a threat was virtually overlooked shows how far to the left we have already moved. A hundred, perhaps even fifty years ago, such a statement would not have been tolerated. In today's skipping world, it is applauded rather than condemned. The role liberals wish to play in our lives is to determine what is the new good and what is the new bad. That will not only put law on their side, that will also put conscience in their corner. If you can change a person's perceptions of good and evil, then you can control that person's conscience. The difference between an old tradition and a new tradition is just one generation away. Free love of the 60s led to free condoms and free abortions today. I fear that it will eventually lead to the death of marriage. It is not inconceivable, given the climate of anti-Christian traditions, that marriage will be regarded as slavery, and the choice of marriage will only be made by those who cling to the old ways, and sexual relationships will be governed by contract with termination dates. It is hoped that all true conservatives who share the same values as our forefathers will band together and make their voices heard, even if it means creating another party. It cannot be done without them. If Washington continues its present trend, then conservatism will shift to liberalism, which is socialism, and liberalism will shift toward communism. We live in an atmosphere of moral relativity. Conservatives are only conservatives by contrast to liberals. Both are sliding down the same slippery slope. For those who say that a new conservative party will destroy liberal Republicans' chance of being elected, I would answer, what difference does it make? In the end, at the rate we are going, we will wind up in the same place. If we are to save our republic, we must stand now for moral absolutes. If the majority join us, then freedom will be preserved. If the majority go the way of the world, freedom is doomed anyway. We aren't arguing over the time of the death of freedom. It is already in a moribund state. We are arguing over the time of burial. Liberals have cut loose from the old ways because change itself is considered the highest virtue, and the new rules are just now being established. A modern liberal is one in transition who is passionate about a cause, but ignorant about the consequences. Again, I lean on William Butler Yeats from his poem, The Second Coming. The best lack all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intensity. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.